This week on the sidelines, we're joined by head football coach of Thomas More's football team, Trevor Stellman, uh, someone I've known for years, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Lindsey Patterson, my partner in crime, kick us off. I have to ask every football coach when they get into this business, and what really made you want to start working in football? For me, it wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do. Um, it was something I felt like I was grown up to do, maybe. Um, my dad was a high school football coach for 30 years. And for me, um, I actually went to school to be a doctor. And as soon as I got done with college and graduated, happened to be an opening on Thomas More's staff. And my head coach at the time offered me the job. And, and for me, it was something I wanted to try, at least before I went on to do other things. And turns out that it's something that I end up you know, loving to do. And um, for me, it's really about helping kids and making sure that we're making a difference in their life, not necessarily wins and losses and things like that. Obviously, those things matter a lot. But... Um, more or less having an impact on somebody on a daily basis and making sure that their life's going to be better because they, they're at Thomas More. You said your dad coached for over 30 years. How would you describe the football in this area? Because a lot of people, I mean, the Northern Kentucky to Ohio, the Cincinnati area, would say it's some of the best all around the United States. Yeah, there's no doubt. Obviously, with um, Cincinnati football to start, um, you've got the GCL, which is probably one of the toughest high school football uh, conferences in the country. Um, but, you know, the GMC is right there with them. Um, obviously, those two conferences battle it out each year when they play those cross-conference games. Um, for me, I'm from Northern Kentucky, and for us, you know, Northern Kentucky football is a little bit different, we think, than, than the rest of the state. Um, and, and for us, that's something that, that we feel strong about of where we are. Um, now, with the unfortunate closing of Cincinnati Christian, we're in a situation now where we're the only small college football program um, in the area that has scholarships. So for us, that's a huge plus that we can we can try to um, lure those kids away from schools that might be a little bit bigger, but might be a little bit further away from home. Did you have a team growing up? Have a favorite team? Yeah. Uh, I've always been a Cowboys fan. As far as college goes, I never really uh, never really stuck with one team. I think if there was anything, it was probably Penn State, just because one of my dad's former players played there. Uh, my dad's from Philadelphia, so for for me, that was kind of I guess more more or less drawn to it for that reason, not necessarily because I enjoyed anything in particular than, than anything else. So the Cowboys is your team, right? They're still your team? Still today. Yeah. Always. I'm, I'm diehard. Are they going to pay Dak some nice money? Um, I don't know. I don't know how much money they have left. Yeah, that's true. You know, he, I know he wants a lot of money. Um, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think without Zeke and without the five guys in front of him, I don't know how good of a quarterback he would be. Um, but at the same time, I think you've got they've gotten gotten into a pretty good groove of, of the guys they have, and, and I'd like to see them sign them, but they also have to sign Amari. So there's a lot of issues there that they have to they have to worry about. So I uh, I, I want to kind of go back to uh, talking about your family, and I've known you, we've known the Stellman family, I think, our long time, decades and decades, because your dad, you know, coached at Connor for years when I was there. Do you ever you know ask your dad for advice on coaching? <laughs> I don't have to ask. He's, he's <laughs> I was going to say, he'll, he'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not too shy about calling me after games and telling me what, what went wrong when, when I'm already pretty clear of, of what was wrong in the game. So, um, But no, there'll be times that, that I might be stuck with something or, or not sure how to handle a certain situation, and I may call him just to kind of run things past him. Um, but it's a completely different game now than it was when Dad was coaching, and I, I know he hasn't lost sight of that, but at the same time, you know, there's certain things that I know that, he probably wouldn't be the best person to call. Um, so situations <laughs> like that. With love. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so for me, it's more about having, having a nice sounding board more than it is anything else.
Which, speaking of, while we're on the topic, your future brother-in-law texted me last night <laughs> about a question he had for you. Oh, which my phone's across the hall, so I'm reading this off my, off my Apple Watch. Malls, for your interview tomorrow with Trevor for the podcast, make sure you ask him about offensive play calling and that he needs to start running more naked bootlegs. He'll laugh, I promise. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you've ever, if you've never been to one of our games, I would highly recommend coming to a Thomas Moore football game. Uh, we have a very unique setup to where our tailgating area overlooks our stadium. So people can tailgate the entire game, never actually have to come into the stadium, but you never miss a play. Neil and his father um, love the naked bootleg. I think they like it more because of the name than anything else. Um, <laughs> but occasionally we will call one and, and never fails that it works, unfortunately, sometimes. And <laughs> as soon as the game's over with, and I go up there to, to meet up with the rest of the family. That's the first thing they want to talk about is how I, how I only ran it once and it worked that one time and probably need to run it more often. So he doesn't have any offensive coordinator uh, ability there, so uh, I'll I'll leave his suggestions for for later times. I literally made a note: read Neil's text, like in all caps, because I'm like, I gotta plug this on there for Neil because he really is such a hoot. But uh, yeah, you guys, uh, you have two little boys, identical yeah. twin boys. Uh, not identical. They're not so identical. Okay, they look identical to me. They they do at times. It, okay. It's kind of crazy. If they both have hats on, it's sometimes it's tough for people to tell a difference. Uh, obviously, me and my wife can can tell a difference on usually just by how they're acting. Um, but yeah, we, uh, Theodore and Fitzgerald, uh, will actually be two here in about a month. So oh my gosh. Uh, time is flying by. That's how for do sure. we, uh, how do we feel about them playing football one day? You know, I, I've always been in the stance that, um, I'm going to let my kids do what they want. Um, obviously my dad was the same way. Um, I grew up playing soccer and I didn't play football until I was in third grade. Um, even through my first couple of years of, of football, I used to miss football practices for soccer games and things like that. So, you know, if they want to play it great, obviously I'll be a, Huge supporter of theirs, no matter what they do. Um, all I care about is making sure they go to go to college for free. There you go. That is ideal right there. <laughs> That's not, yeah. I actually want to back it up to this past season. Um, I always joke with coaches and players, there's really no off-season in any sport that you're coaching or, or you're playing in. So how go would ahead. you describe the season that you're currently in right now? Um, it's been a tough one for us. You know, we're we're sitting right now at 3-6. and six, um, But for us, we kind of knew there was going to be some growing pains. We obviously... Um, we left Division Three last at the end of last season, and now we're in the NAI in the Mid South. And for us, being in the NAI is a great. You know, like I said, we're, we now have scholarships to offer, so that's great addition for us. But um, we're going against teams that have had scholarships for since they've basically started football. So for us, we're a little bit behind in that sense that we're playing some 18, 19 year old kids that some of these schools have twenty two year old young men um, that are playing, and we're kind of figuring that out as we go. Um, but for us, our kids are competing. We, we've been in most of our games this year, and, and um, we're looking to finish on a high note the last two weeks, and that's kind of where we're headed right now is, is making sure we finish strong and then get on the recruiting, get on the road recruiting and then do a great job. You mentioned 18, 19-year-olds, and I always find that interesting. And in college, even in high school, when you're dealing with that age, how hard is it to be a coach to them? At the same time, you've got to be a mentor, and they're still learning kind of about the sport and just themselves in general at the, the next level. The thing I've noticed over the last 10 years of coaching is the hardest part is communicating with kids. Um, not because I feel like I lack the communication skills, but because of how kids now are communicating. If it's not on their phone, chances are it's not going to get through to them. Um, <laughs> so for us, that's the hardest part is just making sure that we're constantly making sure our kids are in tune with what we're doing, what we're saying, um, and acting in the appropriate way. So, you know, for us, we've got very simple rules that, that we make our kids so that they have to try to communicate um, throughout the day, not necessarily just at football practice. So 
Um, that's probably the toughest challenge is just the communication factor and making sure that kids understand that communication is not something you do just in college. You're going to have to do that for the rest of your life. Is it scary as a coach and just as a father to two twin boys, you said they're going to be able to play whatever they want to play. It might be soccer, might be football. To see some of the information that comes out nowadays with the concussion and the, the CTE. It, it, it is. Um, I think, unfortunately, in today's world, we see too much of the negatives. Um, we don't get to see the positive side of things that football teaches kids. We don't get to see the kids learn, you know, going through adversity, going through tough times, pulling, you know, getting an injury and, and overcoming that injury through therapy, whatever it may be. Um, you know, yeah, football is dangerous, but so is soccer. You know, so is basketball. And, you know, anything you do, you know, anybody can be walking on the street and tear their ACL. Anybody can be walking on the street and something fall and maybe hit your head and you're going to have a concussion. Um, so concussions aren't just limited to football, which I think a lot of people are trying to make it out to be in, in today's world. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the future of football. Uh, I'm excited about where it can go. And I'm hoping that some of these new rules that are in place are going to help people understand that football is more, more than just a couple of big burly guys running into each other with helmets. Hardest lesson that you've had to learn this um, For me, it's dealing with failure. Um, I'm somebody who I pride myself kind of on not failing. Um, but what I've realized through failing is that it's part of becoming better. It's part of, of knowing who you are. Um, because at those darkest times when you are failing, you realize who's there for you. Um, but more importantly, you realize what you're not Wait, not what you're strongest at. Um, so for me, that's probably been the most important thing is is dealing with failure and understanding that, you know, from failure is going to come great success. Best piece of advice for maybe a high schooler who's looking kind of on the line right now, could play college ball, doesn't have to, but but kind of wants to step into that. What advice would you give them? Um, something I tell recruits all the time is, you know, I'm a coach that I'm not going to force anybody to do anything. Um, but what I would say is that, if you have an inkling of wanting to play, why don't you try it? Because at the end of the day, you know, if you try it, at least 40 years from now when you look back, you can say, well, I tried. It just didn't work out. Whereas if you just say, you know, I'm not sure if I want to or this or that, I'm going to go to just a big school and go to school, 40 years from now, you're probably going to look back and say, man, I really wish I would have tried to play football. So, um, you know, that's probably the biggest thing is if you're thinking about it, you're, on the, you're kind of on the line of whether or not to do it, why not do it? Because at the end of the day, you can always stop after the season, um, and go do what you were going to do anyway. A little selling point here, and uh, you're finishing up the 2019 season. Where do you see the outlook of the program going? Um, for me, it's about it's about building um, building a program on what we've kind of set our standards at um, is is winning on the field, winning off the field in the classroom, and then um, doing things within our community to make people. Understand that Thomas More is not just a football program, um, that we're not just a small liberal arts college in, in Crestview Hills, that um, we're a part of our community. And we want people to understand that. And um, for me, I want players to go on and, and do bigger and better things than, than what they could have done anywhere else. Um, for instance, we've got a running back right now that just found out he's gotten into three medical schools. Um, and we're really excited about that. Um, but there's stories like that that can go on for days of guys that have come to Thomas Moore, been successful on the field, but more importantly, been successful in the classroom. Um, and, and for those guys, that's the biggest thing that we want is to see our players and student athletes become successful once they leave Thomas Moore. We'll wrap up with this question here. Is there one moment, Trevor, since you started as a head coach of Thomas Moore's football program that really stands out to you, like still gives <clears throat> you chills? For me as a head coach, I think I always have to go back to my first win. Um, 
for me it was special because I got to share it with my family. Oh. Um, it was it was a, we played at Hanover. Uh, it was a tough game and um, it was raining. And, and Hannah, my wife, was talking about not bringing our kids because it was wet and cold, and they weren't yet one. Um, and you know, to my surprise, they're there. Um, we ended up winning the game and getting a picture with them and giving them the game ball, which they still play with today, oh. um, was probably one of the most cool experiences. Other one, other than you know, kind of an emotional one, would probably be um, our team last year went down twenty-one to nothing early in the first quarter against um, Wisconsin Platteville. It was our first home game, and things were not looking very good for us. And we ended up turning around and scoring uh, 28 unanswered points and, and won the game um, that that day, which was a huge boost for us to kind of go forward last season. So um, a lot of moments like that. Uh, for me, the most important thing is seeing our, our players graduate. Um, that is always going to be something that's going to stick with me is when our kids walk across the stage get their diploma, because to me, that's that's why I do what I do. Well, thank you again, Trevor oh, Stellman, head coach of Thomas Moore's uh, football program, uh, program. You can read more about this up at WKRQ.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. That's it for this week of On the Sidelines with Molly and Lindsay.